So President Trump visited East Palestine, Ohio. President Biden visited Ukraine. See the difference there? Trump goes to Ohio to show his support and comfort American citizens, whereas Biden went to visit Ukrainian citizens. By the way, Trump is not even the president now. Biden's the president of the United States currently, uh, unfortunately, but that's a fact. So if anything, it's incumbent upon him to be showing his support and solidarity with American citizens. Trump right now is just a regular citizen, and yet he's the one who goes, and it's not the first time. After there's any sort of disaster, any sort of catastrophe, Trump is the one that goes and comforts people. And Biden asleep at the switch, as we've come to expect. And your heart goes out. It is heartbreaking what these people in East Palestine are going through right now. And they are just, they're destitute. I mean, their home values are basically worthless right now. Some of them, that is their life savings. And they're coughing up blood. They're experiencing all sorts of medical symptoms, health effects, as a result of the toxic chemicals that were released to the air. Uh, meanwhile, the mayor of East Palestine, he literally said it's a slap in the face. He said the fact that Biden goes to Ukraine is a slap in the face. Pete Buttigieg ignored this story for three weeks. Then uh, Trump announced that he was visiting East Palestine. And then suddenly Buttigieg wakes up and Buttigieg decides, well, I'm also going to visit uh, East Palestine. Well, thank you very much. Remember, same exact thing happened when Trump went to visit the border after Kamala, who was supposed to be in charge of the southern border, refused to visit the border and just laughed it off when she was asked about it. Trump said, well, I'm going to go to, to, to visit the southern border. And then suddenly Kamala announced that she was visiting the southern border. What a strange coincidence. FEMA. FEMA refused to send funds refused to send emergency funds to East Palestine. Trump announced that he's going to East Palestine, and then magic. That day or the next day, FEMA says, all right, you know what? We changed our minds. We will send federal funds, emergency funds. And why do the, you know why the people of East Palestine, Ohio, you know why they get ignored? You know why they get zero attention for so many weeks from the government until the conservatives, until Trump and others put enough pressure? Uh, because they don't fit into the Democrats' leftist, woke political agenda. Drug dealers, criminals, homeless people, illegals, they get treated like kings. They get treated like princes, right? They get showered with endless government funding, government programs. And yet these poor people in East Palestine, white, blue-collar Americans, they can rot because they they, they, they don't suit the agenda of Biden and of the Democrats and, and of the left and of AOC because they don't fit into their narrative. They're not minorities. They're not somebody that Democrats want to help or even pay any attention to. They're just a nuisance. They're just a burden. But finally, and, and like this whole thing is happening for the first few days, for literally a week. I mean, we saw images of these plumes of smoke, these toxic chemicals being released, this explosion, because they needed to make room. You know, they, need, they needed to open up the railroad so that trains could get through. And Pete Buttigieg, who's not qualified to be a dog catcher, he's supposed to be in charge. This thing is the story was completely ignored for weeks. And yet these people of East Palestine, if they like flew down to Mexico and then came across the Mexican border illegally, then they would get sent to the Waldorf Astoria. You cannot make this stuff up. Uh, meanwhile, Biden wants to send billions more to Ukraine. Biden announced another $2 billion to Ukraine. We've sent Ukraine billions and billions of dollars. It, it's so outrageous and disgraceful that they continue to pour the billions into Ukraine. We're $31 trillion in debt and counting, massive budget deficits. The people of East Palestine, Ohio, their houses are now worthless. I mean, they're experiencing all sorts of uh, health symptoms, as I explained before. And first FEMA said no to them. But then FEMA changed their mind. Uh, Trump begged for money to build the border wall, and Congress refused to give him billions, you know, five, just $5 billion for the border wall. We spent, we, how much were we sent? $100, $110 to Ukraine and counting. And now we're paying Ukrainian pensions. Now Biden has announced that we are going to help the Ukraines 
cover their pensions with U.S. tax dollars. So we're sending them billions of dollars, and yet how many people in America right now cannot afford to buy eggs and bread and cannot afford to buy a car? Because used used car, not a new car, a used car, because used car prices are skyrocketing out of control, and we're paying the pensions of people in Ukraine. And you know what? Send weapons. If you really are desperate, I'm not even convinced anymore that we should be helping the Ukrainians win the war. I feel bad for Ukraine. But, like, why are we always the policemen? Why can't NATO chip in more? You know, And they're the ones who are stand a lot more, you know, they're in a lot more peril than we are over this uh, war. And uh, why can't Canada, why can't other countries chip in? Why is it always the United States when there are so many Americans who are struggling? But if you do insist on sending them, I say send them weapons. Send them weapons. And every country, by the way, don't send them a dime in cash because that money goes right into the pocket of Zelensky and of these other corrupt leaders. Okay, the new policy should be you want it, when we're $31 trillion, until you balance the budget and until you pay down the debt, which doesn't look like it's ever going to happen, sadly, until that day happens— you want to send money? You don't send money. Send weapons. You want to send food? Send food. Send items. But don't send cash because the cash gets pocketed. These corrupt leaders, they take it all for themselves. And it, it's just it's just, it's just, just outrageous. And that should be the story, by the way, all these, you know, these South American countries, countries in Africa, like we're always supporting everyone around the world. And where do you think the money goes? The money never goes to actually help humanitarian needs and to actually help feed the poor people or very, a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage. The money gets taken, stolen, confiscated by the corrupt leaders, send them weapons, send them food, stop sending them cash. Uh, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, uh, published an amazing audio clip showing the restraint of its sh soldiers. And it's unbelievable the compassion that the Israelis have. Of course, this is never going to get reported in the New York Times because it's actually positive news about Jews and about Israel. Um, but the uh, the soldier, the IDF soldier, refused to shoot a terrorist who was in his sights because there was a child nearby. So they published this recording this was a this was over the radio a conversation between a soldier and his commander. This was in Shrem uh, this past week during an oper during the operation where, of course, they uh, shot shot killed and apprehended a lot of terrorists. And the soldier saw an armed Palestinian terrorist, but right behind the terrorist was a child. And the soldier told the commanding officer, he said, "Quote: There is a child behind the terrorist, so I'm not shooting." And then the commander said, "Affirmative." showing that uh, he was complying with IDF policies. So not only was this com tremendous compassion on the part of the soldier, but that's actually the IDF's official policy. Um, now contrast that with the Palestinians, of course. The Palestinians, they literally use children as human shields. Terrorists routinely educate very young children to use weapons to participate in terror. They carry out these mock terror attacks where they literally train Palestinians in kindergarten, first, second grade, elementary school, to uh, pretend that they're actually killing Jews and, and carrying out terror attacks and blowing this themselves up. I mean, so it's I, you, there are no words to even contrast the two. And yet, of course, these types of stories never make it to The New York Times or the mainstream media. Uh, President Biden, this is almost comical. President Biden was cleared by his by the White House physician. Um, he passed his physical. Congratulations. And Biden is fit to run in 2024. I mean, Biden wasn't fit to run in 2020, but he's fit to run in 2024. And too bad that the doctor only examined Biden. And of course, obviously, there was no cognitive test, as we're going to get to in a moment. So Biden was cleared. But amazingly, he didn't need to take a cognitive exam, <laughs> because why would anybody think that Biden needs to take 
And by the way, he doesn't need to take a cognitive test because all you need – the cognitive test is just watch him answer questions or watch him give a speech. I mean it's, it's, it's hard to watch. And I don't, I don't mean to criticize or knock you know, somebody's health. I, I do feel for him. It, it is very, very sad and heartbreaking. But he should not be the president of the United States, and we don't need a cognitive test to figure that out. But I wish the doctor, instead of examining Biden – he says Biden's fit to run again in 2024. Instead of examining Biden's health, he should have examined his policies because then he would say – that Biden, he would never have ruled Biden fit to rule the country if he had actually examined inflation, the border, Afghanistan, and you know the the, the Chinese spy balloons, and uh, you know so much else that has gone on. But here's the thing: is it is so egregious that once again he didn't have to take a cognitive test in 2020, and once again doesn't have to take a cognitive test, and Biden insists that his cognitive skills are 100% intact. Here's the thing. If Biden's cognitive skills are intact, then all of us are crazy. So it's either him or us. If either Biden has cognitive issues or the rest of the country has cognitive issues because we watch the man and it doesn't take a an MD, it doesn't take a neurologist to diagnose Biden. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley said, Nikki Haley, of course, announced she's running. She says every candidate over 75 should be required to take a cognitive test. I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. But you know the really sad part here, and it's true with Biden, it's true with with John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. And again, I never, ever would mock somebody's health, or at least I certainly try not to. And, you know, it's it's definitely not something that we should do. It's not appropriate because it's a sad situation. It's a personal situation, and anybody's susceptible to it. So I would never, ever want to diminish, mock demean in any way somebody over their health, whether it's their physical health or their cognitive health. But here's the story. Biden is being abused. As a, as a friend of mine put it, he's it's elder abuse. He's being manipulated and abused by his own wife and children. And the same thing with Senator John Fetterman. Uh, and I never focus on this stuff. I, I've never discussed, I don't think, John Fetterman's health a single time, uh, even though you know he exhibited so many question mark so many red flags uh when he was running against dr oz in pennsylvania for the for the senate because it's so personal it's so tragic it's so sad to watch and you got to have compassion so i don't want to talk about fetterman or biden i want to talk about their handlers and about their family members because look at how selfish these people are how they treat their own loved ones john fetterman now <clears throat> excuse me has been checked into a psych ward a psychiatric hospital to deal with depression and he's already in very poor physical health tragically sadly um, and now his family, you know, now he checks into this uh, psych hospital, which, of course, he's going through depression, you know, or at least it's not surprising considering what the abuse that he's been put through and the torture that he must be suffering, you know, with all of his physical symptoms. Instead of being allowed to exit the Senate race, they were so desperate for him to win and the Fetterman family was so desperate uh, for power, that they allowed him to run for Senate so that he could beat Dr. Oz. The Democrat Party allowed him to as well. And same story with Biden. They're pawns. The Democrats, they care about power. They don't care about people. They have no compassion whatsoever. They claim to have compassion, but it is fake. And Fetterman and Biden are both perfect examples. All right, the New York Times, uh, suddenly Democrats are upset at the New York Times claiming the Times printed fake news because the New York Times, of course, had this op-ed, got a lot of attention, um, saying that mask mandates did nothing. By the way, this is based on a Cochrane study. We we told you weeks ago about this Cochrane study. It really is a bombshell study. Cochrane is considered like the gold standard in health research and medical research. And uh, they came out that the mask mandates, even KN95 masks, 
uh, literally do nothing or virtually nothing to prevent the spread of COVID. And again, the most likely, I always say, I mean, just put on a mask. I've never seen it with a KN95 mask, so I don't know. But if somebody wears a surgical mask and then, you know, inhales cigarette smoke and then exhales it, it goes across the room. So we can't, we're dealing with microscopic um, viruses here, you know, microscopic germs. So the fact that logically, oh, well, a mask should help prevent, how do we know? You got to go by the data, go by the science. Well, now even the New York Times, Brett Stevens wrote this bombshell op-ed. So the Times, three years later, admitting that mask mandates did nothing. And they actually got it wrong. But that's the science, but they got it wrong because it's not nothing. Mask mandates did not do nothing. The Times is not accurate. Mask mandates were extremely damaging, damaging to children, damaging to adults. And I think, by the way, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, from a mental health standpoint, who knows what kind of damage the masks did, children in schools. There, there are still school districts in America, believe it or not, right now, where children are being forced to mask. And it's 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 just sad. It's just, it's egregious and it's not following the science. But, and especially kids who, you know, just are not at risk, uh, assuming the child is a healthy child. But the most amazing part is, you know, when it comes to these mask mandates, I actually believe, and I've been afraid to say this, and never rely on me, never listen to me. That's a disclaimer for any anything health-related, any medical-related issues. Do your own research, but, or speak to a doctor, but I actually said this three years ago, or two and a half years ago, uh, when the COVID pandemic was still out of control. I said, I wonder how much damage these mask mandates are doing, and here's why. I would walk into a store, and I would see elderly people, people clearly at high risk, I would see them wearing a mask. It could be a cloth mask, but even a KN95 mask maybe, but a cloth mask for sure. I'd see it routinely. I would routinely see elderly people, people who are high risk, um, when the pandemic was really still very, very dangerous, and they'd walk around and they were wearing a mask. And I said to myself, why are they wearing a mask? They should be home because how on earth? They weren't. I, I checked. I looked. I, I was so thorough and so meticulous looking for any kind of study um, proving conclusively that masks prevented COVID, and I couldn't find it because – how do you know without data? It's not something you can figure out logically. And and I believe, I believe this. I have no doubt that because of the mask mandate, there were people who said, you know what? These masks, they protect me. I'm, I'm more protected because of the mask. And now it turns out that that was not true. Now, did the government say that people were protected? I think they implied it because they wanted people to comply. Certainly, the government never said what they should have said, which is, listen, these masks may do nothing. They may be doing nothing. And the government didn't want to do that because then they thought people wouldn't comply with the mandate. Um, by the way, there are reparate there there is a proposal, I believe in California, but there is a proposal to use COVID relief money to pay reparations uh to black people, slave slavery reparations. So can you just imagine? And I heard somebody make a really great point about this. Imagine if a private company, unbelievable, they want to use COVID relief money uh as as reparations to blacks. Now, imagine if a private company decided to use COVID relief funding for some, like, unrelated purpose. I mean, they would literally be thrown in jail, but the government can do it. And somebody made a really great point. If, if the U.S. government right now, if the government of the state of California, if they really cared about black people, um, they would not be using it for reparations. They would fight crime, okay? They would— they would reduce crime. They'd have more of a police presence. They would, uh, you know, have have prosecutors that actually put criminals in jail and keep them there. And they would restore businesses because businesses are flocking out of these urban areas in uh, these cities, these minority cities, because of the, the all the shoplifting, because of all the crime. Businesses are literally closing up shop, which is really hurting black people. So as somebody pointed out, uh, one, one pundit uh, said that. You're, you're, you're going to use COVID relief money, tax dollars, to fix a non-existent racism issue, okay? Slavery has not been an issue for 160 years. 
Um, and in addition, the, the U.S. elected a black president not once but twice, okay? So racism is not the thing right now. What's really hurting black people is the massive crime that's happening in all these urban areas and these minority cities throughout the country. These, these, these cities that are led by, you know, by woke mayors and have these very leftist George Soros DAs. That is how you fix, that is how you improve the lives of black people, not by using COVID relief money for slave reparations. So it really is, it's beyond egregious. It's as disgraceful as can be. Blacks need jobs, black need better education, and they need you to stop crime. But of course, the Democrats, they're not going to, that, that doesn't make for a scintillating headline, and that's not a Democrat program. That doesn't give the Democrats more control. So that, the Democrats are never going to do what actually helps the black community. Uh, they, they, in fact, the Democrats want the black community to be suffering and struggling because that keeps them in power. The day that the, that the blacks are, are, are truly you know, have a life of true opportunity and really have the freedom that they deserve, education they deserve, the prosperity they deserve, that's the day that the Republicans are going to win and the Democrats are going to lose all their power. A uh, new study in Yolo, uh, California, more than 70 percent of suspects, uh, not suspects, of criminals released from jail without bail – go on to be arrested again for committing more crimes. Isn't that a shock? I could have told you that. But over 70% of people released without bail from prison uh, get arrested a second time. Recidivism. It's called recidivism, and it's something well-known. And yet, of course, DAs are letting people be released left and right, and judges as well, these woke judges. And finally, uh, according to a new report, the Michigan State shooter, the shooter at the Michigan State University, where a horrific, horrific mass shooting took place, uh, that shooter could have been in jail and should have been in jail um, and also should have been prevented from owning a gun, owning a weapon. This is according to Out OutKick, the news outlet OutKick.com, except that a leftist prosecutor, a radical leftist prosecutor, dismissed the shooter's felony charge in the name of racial equity, racial equality. Literally. This is so, so, so tragic. There was this, again, horrific shooting, unspeakable shooting recently at Michigan State University. And uh, the prosecutor uh, had ha a pro the prosecutor in that area had this man, this shooter, uh, who had committed a felony and had the case. And the prosecutor literally allowed the man, he, he softened the charges. He, he, he brought down, downgraded the charges in the name of racial equity. That's actually a fact. This progressive prosecutor, as they call it, had he not dismissed felony gun charges against the shooter, um, then this man would have been barred from owning a gun and maybe would have been in jail. And once again, so again, these prosecutors, this is what they do, is they downgrade the charges. They have these people. They almost always have these criminals already uh, in custody at some point, but they release them and then allow them to go on to commit these shootings. And then they go and they blame guns. The problem is gun ownership. No, the problem is the leftist prosecutors because the laws are already in place. The laws are already in place. It's about executing the laws in place, not about uh, passing new gun laws, which is what you know, the Democrats and the media would tell you and do constantly tell us. But you know what? Notice something interesting. Uh, you, you've had a bunch of mass shootings here the last few weeks. Democrats have stopped talking about gun control. Isn't that interesting? They, they, they no longer, when Trump was president, every time one of these incidents happened, the Democrats would um, rant and rave about how we need more gun laws. And now we're not hearing any of that rhetoric. Why is that? Because remember, they passed that worthless bill because they're in power. Short answer is they're in power. Remember, they passed that worthless bill, um, which supposedly tightened uh, like background checks on guns. That bill did absolutely nothing. That bill was what I call a dog and pony show, was smoke and mirrors. 
so the Democrats, they passed that bill, and now mass shootings are happening. Democrats, I know they're not in power technically now in, in Congress, but they were in power for two years, and they did nothing. All the things that they claim they want to do, they did nothing, and now mass shootings happen, and you don't hear them saying anything. Well, why? Because Biden's president, because Democrats, they don't control the House, but they control the Senate, and there's nothing they can say because they had their chance. Well, why did they do, do nothing? Because as I always say— they, they they don't really mean it when they claim, oh, we want more. Gun Trump did more for gun control than Obama and then a lot of Democrats. It, it, when they're not in power, they use it as a talking point. But they want to win a lot of these middle America states and a lot of the middle, middle America states, Democrat voters, the voters that Democrats need. They rely on gun owners and they don't want to alienate gun owners. So it's all fake when they claim it's it's all phony and fake. It, 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 when they claim that they care about gun laws, they don't really care about gun laws because they could have done an awful lot more when they were controlling uh, both houses in, in Congress and, then, and, and when they were in the White House, or at least they could have tried. They were focused on other things. They were focused on inflation reduction. They were focused on infrastructure and on spending trillions of dollars because it's all a lie. Again, they, they want the talking point. They don't actually want to get rid of guns. They just want to blame Trump and blame Republicans and blame the MRA, NRA when these things happen instead of blaming uh, their own laws and their own prosecutors and their own uh, leftist policies, which are allowing these criminals to roam free. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.